Welcome to episode 10 of the Stageworthy podcast. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. On Stageworthy, I interview people who make theater, actors, directors, playwrights, and more, and talk to them about everything from why they chose theater to their work process and anything in between. Sex T-Rex is a comedic theater company which presents intelligent, hilarious, and inventive works of cinematic theater. Sex T-Rex presents Watch Out Wildcat and Swordplay, a play of swords, at Toronto's storefront theater from March 11th to 27th. Joining me were Caitlin Morrow, Connor Bradbury, Danny Paget, and director Eric Toller. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use, and consider leaving a comment or rating. Sex T-Rex. What is it? Oh. What is Sexual Sex T-Rex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it is a comedy company. hmm Yeah, we we started what like, God, eight, eight or nine years ago as an improv team. I think eight. I think eight, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. Um, and we were we would just do. We didn't really know how to do improv, but we liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we would just do like uh, very cinematic styles and kind of mm-hmm. like movie parody improv. One of our first formats was just taking a suggestion of two movie titles and then combining them. Uh, we still do that today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we haven't learned. We haven't learned. No, 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 no. Still haven't learned. No, we're not. We uh, the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so we didn't really, we hadn't really done a lot. Most of us had done acting training at mm-hmm. uh, uh, almost everybody went to George Brown Theater School Ooh. here. Did you, you did too? Ooh. Really? Yeah. When did you go there? I like. I graduated in 93. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So I'm yeah. sure it was a different... Was, uh, uh, was that Peter Wilde? That was Peter Wilde. That was down on, on River Street. So before, right. before the Young Center was its twinkle mm. in the Young Center. We were there in the transition year. year. So we yeah. started on Peter. Mm. In 2005? Okay. And then yeah. partway through the year moved into the new, the new wow. building. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So it was a weird year because it was like both time. places yeah. where one was... Like oh, breaking yeah. down, the other was yeah. barely built. So. And then the one that was breaking, the one that's barely built, had like issues with water or gas or something. And so then we all had yeah. to move back mm-hmm. to the old building. It was just back and forth. Was that at the River Street building? Or? The the one on King. King yeah, King River. River. Oh, okay. Yeah, five, so you were five, five something. No, King. We spent three years there in that disease trap. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, <laughs> it was. A... My person would walk in, they'd sneeze, and like by the end of the day, everybody's like, I'm not feeling so good. <laughs> oh, the, the building had pneumonia. Yeah, yeah. The building just constantly. Yeah, the building was ill. It was like the, the shittiest haunted building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just so that uh, I have everybody, uh, we can get a sense of everybody's name. Starting from this side, just say yeah. your name and uh, just go go along. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm Danny Paget. I'm Connor Bradbury. I'm Caitlin Morrow. I'm Alec Toller. Okay, so back to this sex T-Rex thing. Where did yeah. the name come from? Uh, we just had sex with the dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still remember it. Yeah. Um, it, it is. I still do it every once in a while. Yeah. I, when I'm drunk. Our, um, our original name was actual, uh, actually Sexual Tyrannosaurus, okay. uh, which is a reference to the movie Predator. Uh-huh. Uh, Jesse okay. Ventura has chewing tobacco, and he says, uh, this stuff will make you a bona fide sexual tyrannosaur. <laughs> and 
that's where the name came from. I think it was originally used is as the name for a rock band band, like in the video game rock okay. band. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think Colin oh, wow. had that as a rock band name, and then when we, after theater school, formed an improv troupe for a tournament, uh, we had to pick a name, and that, mm. that was on, on Colin's mind, I think, at the time. So, so did you guys... Um, you went into a ter- tournament like not having any improv experience? I, I had or? done like Canadian improv games. Myself so, and Colin had done Canadian improv games improv. In, hi- in high school. And Sean had done a fair bit Sha- of improv. Sha- oh yeah, because I, I didn't know Sean's right. But like Fredericton improv. Fredericton improv. Never together and okay. never long form like that, which was just, that one was just, we just did 25 minutes straight <laughs> set and told one story. Uh, and that's still <laughs> kind of what we Improvising today. improv. Yeah. yeah. So. That's sort of blowing my mind right now. Like, <laughs> your first improv experience would be like, instead of like doing like an easy like one minute you know thing that you do like twenty five minutes. So. Yeah. And now we do that, that but like an hour. <laughs> I think it's, it's actually overall over my improv career, anyways. It was harder for me to get used to short form than it was mm-hmm. long. I think yeah. most of our brains work in a narrative sense, so mm-hmm. we we can latch onto that. We're all big, big into genres. Yeah. So instead, instead of like the joke, like get to the joke sort of thing, you're yeah. thinking of no jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Very serious. Yeah. yeah, so we started doing scripted work in 2011, I guess. Maybe you started in 10, um, based on a long-form improv show called Callahan. And then it developed into a scripted show, and then we really liked doing that stuff, and then continued on writing scripted works ever since then. We produced one or two shows a year. So do you... I'm going to move this a little closer because your voice is quieter than most everybody else. I can speak loud. <laughs> Use your theater voice. Like theater voice. voice is quieter. Everybody miss what you're saying. So now when you say that it's scripted, do you guys like write down and sit and write a script or do you improv and then write it down and improv and write it down? More writing... We, we brainstorm the idea and then the... I mean, the last few years, Sean and Caitlin have been on the road. Sean's the primary script writer, but like Sean and Caitlin were kind of talking every day, bouncing ideas off each other, yeah. writing a script, and then they would come back, and then we workshop improv, mm. go back, write, yeah. workshop improv. How long would you yeah. say it takes you to put uh, a show together? Well, However long we have. How long do you got? Yeah. <laughs> you want one now? I'll get you now. Yeah. Before any given tour, we would have a, a meet and talk about what basically... <laughs> fight style we wanted to do next <laughs> um, and then you know whether it's like guns or swords um, lasers. or lasers yes. or fists yeah. um, we would develop what genre we were going to do out of that or you know if any of us had seen any good movies recently then we would kind of latch onto that then Sean and I would go away come up with character ideas, script ideas pl- sorry plot ideas and we'd more or less start with the story mm. and write the story and then we wrote these guys in and then we start with the jokes so I mean a lot of the jokes are written in but so many of them come from just working on our feet yeah and a lot of them will come incidentally like while rehearsing something will just pop up and it'll be like oh that's the script now yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and this sort of the development incubation period is is quite long but once once we have a script we usually rehearse for about a month and Mm -hmm. when I say a month I mean a couple times a week for a month yeah Mm -hmm. yeah at what point do you get into like an intense like right before you go up, you like two weeks before, or does yeah. it just it, like it, it, it rarely gets yeah. super intense. <laughs> it's, it's just working like it's working around people's schedules is tough. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> so usually like two to three times a week, and then probably the you'll be four or five maybe maybe yeah. on the final week. Mm-hmm. This it, is actually it's also a longer term. You rehearse for 
sort of four to six weeks before we open. I mean, we start usually about a month. Like, given we start May first usually, and then we open in Montreal so far on June twentieth or something. So that's like usually usually your schedule. Yeah, but we get. I, it's, I'd say maybe it's a month before like the preview show we always right. do. We always yeah. like to do a preview uh, yeah. to make sure that we have a show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you basically invite friends and family and be like this is going to be sloppy, but yeah. we'll get through it and uh, we'll see what really works and what doesn't. What was unclear. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we'll get through it. Preview yeah. of Callahan was one of the scariest things I've ever done. Oh, we we did our first run in the lobby before the show. <laughs> Uh, and we hadn't run it at that point, yeah. and then we did it in front of an audience. Also, that show was like was was pretty loose, and that was my first time ever doing like any sort of improv. Yeah. Ever. And, oh, yeah. and I was just like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing here? What am I doing? <laughs> but it went well. Yeah, I, I think it went fine. Yeah. Um, it, the show got way better. <laughs> since, basically, since you no, left no, no. the show, Debbie, it got so good. Yeah, that's a that's a common theme in career. Yeah. Do you really guys often it. start uh, in Montreal and do a French tour Um We start in Montreal always because the the fringe schedule works out that way. Yeah. Um, we've the most extensive tour we've done was Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, then Halifax. Mm. We've never done Edmonton. We've just never been drawn in the mm. lottery. Um, but that is something we would like to do someday. But yeah, always Montreal. We've yeah, done yeah. Montreal every year for six years. Nice. <laughs> it's like it's a great it's a great festival to bring new work to, great and festival. it is the most fun fringe. Yeah, of, that's of all. I, mean, I, remember, I remember that from yeah. from doing doing Montreal. Everybody mm-hmm. said you're gonna have a blast in Montreal. Mm-hmm. We'll make it. We'll make it done. It's a great spot to to because it's such a welcoming fringe, and it's mm-hmm. a great yeah. spot to. Get the nerves out. Yeah, get the show. We work the kinks out, and yeah. and it's such. A, not only are they generous audiences, although small audiences, mm-hmm. they're generous, but they also are free with feedback. Yeah, and mm-hmm. good feedback. Yeah. During not the like show. boo. Not <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in French, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't is, understand you. It is French for boo. That <laughs> There must be train of thought. Um, <laughs> that we have that yeah. effect on people. Yeah, yeah. So, does, so does Montreal Fringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just thinking about it, I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I remember, I mean, I was in Montreal, like I was saying earlier, at the same time you guys were doing Callahan in Montreal. Yeah. And um, after the, a couple, I think there was a two-minute dance party at <laughs> one of the... Yeah. Sixty-second dance parties. Yeah. Sixty-second dance party. One went for two minutes. I'm like, yeah. oh. <laughs> it's too much. But, um. So when you guys uh, done uh, Winnipeg, I mean, there there's some real breadth there in terms of the way that those those fringes run. Mm. And not to play favorites because each fringe has it has its thing. Yeah. Do you have? Is there one that you look forward to more of the cities that you go to? Such a tough call. I mean, as you said, they all have the the yeah. their good qualities. Um, we keep going to Montreal because it's close and it's the first fringe we ever did, mm-hmm. and we know so many people there now. Although most of them have moved here. Uh, <laughs> hi, Victoria. <laughs> and we we love so many people there in the fringe. Um, Toronto is great because it's such a big city and it's yeah. a great opportunity hometown to crowd hometown too, crowd yeah. get your name out there. And mm-hmm. then Winnipeg, we've only done it once, but Holy crap! It was so fun, mm-hmm. um, and 
the really cool thing about Winnipeg. Like Toronto, the fringe happens and it has huge audiences and yet I would say most people on the street doesn't even don't even know the fringe is happening. Yes. Yeah. Because of the, the population, yeah. you can still have huge numbers and most people don't know what's happening. Yeah. Winnipeg, the whole city, the whole goddamn city yeah. comes out and everyone I fire people in Toronto and they like They're give like, me, you it? know, stank face. Yeah, yeah. I flyer people in Winnipeg or if I don't have a flyer, they ask me to come back with a flyer later to yeah. tell them more about my show. Yeah. Yeah. And we sold out like our first show and we'd never been there before and it yeah. was like it was like a hundred and eighty seater. Like flyering in Winnipeg, I remember the first time doing it, being like coming up to a group of people, and being like, "Hey, can I talk to you about our show?" And then being like, "Yeah, yeah, please." And I was like, I didn't really have a follow up. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready. I was like, "Oh, what? Oh, you okay. ran, you, you ran away. You don't have somewhere to be. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, yeah. sure." And you're yeah. like, "Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry let me." Uh, you're sort of preparing to wrestle somebody to the ground. Yeah, exactly. Handcuff them to a pole and tell you I'm talking. Yeah, the crowds in Winnipeg were older, which was also kind of surprising mm. for us. We mm. usually play to a younger crowd. That was that took. That was a that was an interesting thing about the the Winnipeg mm -hmm. Fringe as well. Well, that was the I think had a lot to do. We had a, a, a five star CBC review from Montreal, Montreal yes, that they had yeah. come to see it. So right. on opening day, we'd already gotten that review, and I think the older folks are big CBC fans. So it was yeah. just like we were very surprised because our audience is normally around twenty to twenty, you know, yeah, 20 to 30. 25, 30 kind of thing. And then this was in a different crowd. And we're like, oh, this is great. Yeah. We got a whole new. But getting that that like have because I always appreciated that. <clears throat> Winnipeg, Winnipeg sent like a reporter yeah. out mm -hmm. to like Montreal to see shows that were gonna come to Montreal to, to Winnipeg. Yeah, but it's also amazing that the CBC in Winnipeg is so supportive. Yes, yeah, of really. the Fringe Festival. I have only done four fringes, but as far as I know, it is the, the only, only one, one where CBC does that, and so they've yeah. got a really yeah, great local CBC. I think Winnipeg in in like, CBC there has like a Fringe page, and I think yeah. it's only. The they review right. most, if not yeah. every show. Yeah. It's so great. And yeah. to come back here and be yeah. able to say, CBC saw our show, come see it too, yeah. is yeah. so helpful for us. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. um, but I guess the Fringe is such a bigger event in Winnipeg that they have an incentive to cover it. You know, absolutely. Well, it's Toronto, again, Toronto. It's like, there's like a bajillion things. There's 70 yeah. festivals yeah. going on yeah. at the same time. The same thing in Montreal, though, because the Fringe in Montreal is like sandwiched between two larger festivals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the, the, the festival francophone at, the, at one end and like the jazz festival on the other yeah. so you find there's like always there's indie, always the indie the thing the car around. racing yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. going on at the same time and, yeah. and there's Here? just like a street festival every oh, okay, every yeah. week in Montreal yeah. Yeah. <laughs> St. Laurent's always shut down and it's yeah. amazing yeah, yeah. yeah. In um, you're about to start doing a double bill yeah. at, uh, at the storefront yeah um have you done a combination uh, show before, like, two shows at one? Nope. One? <laughs> <laughs> We're masochists. <laughs> we did our first, like, double run, like, our first, like, run of both shows in a row yesterday. With with the right break, like, the 30-minute break. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And uh, it was, it was, uh, it wasn't as exhausting as I thought it would be. No. Yeah. We yeah. just got, I think we just got sillier with it. Yeah. Just, we just got yeah. a bit more dumb later on <laughs> with our jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, felt, it felt good. Yeah, we're doing two shows every night. Mm. Uh, well, Wednesday to Sunday, um, starting at seven thirty, and it's I think I think we can do it. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. yeah, it's also funny because yeah, yeah. we are doing they are two separate shows, but they're mm -hmm. both just over an hour long. So really, we're doing we're one doing normal play. play. One yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Combined, we have the strength of one man. <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing. I mean, they're both they're both. 
swashbuckling adventure a la princess bride game of thrones one people get killed by guns and the other they get killed by swords yeah yeah just to make it really a good pull quote yeah i put it myself a lot you should put that on all of your yeah um can you tell me a little bit about uh, both shows? Can we? Yeah. <laughs> no, we can't. No. <laughs> well, you have a great talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, their place. Yeah. Uh, so, Watch a Wildcat is a Western. As you said, it's a revenge quest. Uh, Wildcat's on a revenge quest to find the man who murdered her pa. Um... And then it encompasses most Western tropes that you'd imagine, but we tell an original story. Mm -hmm. um, she teams up with Bill. Bill. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> My name is Bill, and that's all you know about him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you find out pretty quickly what his deal is. Yeah. So there's there's basically Eli. like train explosions, tumbleweeds. Um, Gunfights. <laughs> no, not yet, but we should gun. put that Straight in. Trains. There is a beaver that smokes cigarettes. <laughs> There's, which we just added. <laughs> There's, yeah. Um, we we ride on horses, um, which are brooms in our show. Guns are our fingers. We basically approached it with, what would a child do when playing in the backyard or whatever? Yeah, you start with yeah. Really, because you start with that baseline of being like, what's the most like childlike way to play this? And then how can we try our best to make you forget that's what we're doing? Yeah. Like, as you go, like, to yeah. have moments. Like, most yeah. of the time it's pretty clear. And we like to think there are moments where you forget that for, that's, for yeah. Well, that's what sort of fun I, I find about the shows is, like, it's sort of, you have this childlike approach. And it does have a, it's not improvised, but it does have an improvisational feel. Like, everyone on stage is playing. Um, <laughs> And what's fun with the props and stuff with that is that it's partly play, and then it sort of transforms into theater magic. Mm -hmm. Craft, you know? yeah. Yeah, craft, where you're using, like, fabrics to, at one point, be, you know, something very simple, and then it's something totally complicated and animated and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and it's the fun of the craft. Yeah. And also to layer that on top of what you're saying, the, the playful child-like fun, but we also go for particularly with Wildcats, uh, a cinematic quality. Because, yeah. yeah. like, we started with doing movies and yeah. improv, and yeah. we kept that through all of our shows, I think. And um, so, for example, I know this is a podcast, but uh, <laughs> doing explaining physical bits. But, you know, for example, we try to play with camera zooms, and yeah. we'll just take our two hands and zoom them in on our eyes for the, like, nice. classic Western. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, if the camera's pulling way out so that you see someone running on top of a train... We become finger mode, where we just the person becomes a finger, mm -hmm. and we'll jump from the top yes. of one yeah. train Please. car to another. It's um, really dumb. It's, yeah. it's really dumb. <laughs> so that's like the stuff we use in swordplay, and we try to try to basically do a movie on stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's it's bad. Yeah, we we, we yeah. tend to like then you have to take in the rehearsal process. No we take we take the dumbness very seriously. Like so, it's oh, yeah. like we really have to work on the difference between holding the way you hold your hand yeah. Yeah. can yeah. show, like, be sloppy and weird, or it can be very clear. Because the audience's doing. imagination is so much part of our shows yeah. that we need to make sure that what we're doing is clear, because mm -hmm. otherwise it'll... Yeah, and also fall. I think 
with, with the clarity and like the making the movies on stage, that's I think what's really also fun about it is that they are really uniquely placed. Mm. Even though they're borrowing a lot from genre mm-hmm. and, and parody and all that kind of stuff, a lot of the jokes rely on the fact that, like, for example, they're riding on brooms as horses, and then they jump off and spin around and just have like a staff fight with the brooms, <laughs> which are technically horses. They're still horses. So we so would establish they... the audience's imagination and goes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So every time they hit with a horse, they're neighing. <laughs> yeah, they stab someone so, with a horse. Like, yeah. What the? That's <laughs> what so we took from Stratford, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Stratford is known for its yeah. uh, broom horse. Yeah, yeah. 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 adaptations. Very, yeah. yeah, very expensive brooms. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sword play yeah. is is a sword play a play of swords is There's swords in it. It's yeah. essentially um, we've taken the f- the framing device of the Princess Bride where Grandpa comes to read to his kid, except it's a video game mm-hmm. instead a of a book, a, yeah. a, a old school pixelated video game. We're imagining our generation being grandparents, right. yeah. and yeah. what would we do with our kids? Books. We yeah. play video games with them, <laughs> well, and books. But you know, so the, we, Grandpa and the kid, the modern of that era kid, uh, are playing video games. The kid's unimpressed at the beginning, um, and then we launch into mm-hmm. swordplay, play of swords, which is kind of a, a Game of Thrones sort of Princess Bride sort of send up mm-hmm. Three Musketeers, Scarlet Pimpernel, all those classic kind of stories, and. Um, there's lots of sword fights. <laughs> we use foam swords. Mm-hmm. Lots, lots of intrigue that we signal with gas. Yeah, every yeah. time there's something intrigue, we all, we all go... <gasps> <laughs> a lot of, like, disguise. Yeah. A lot of plot twists. Yeah. There's swinging from chandeliers. May or may not be dragons that appear. No, no, dragons haven't existed dragons for thousands of years. Thousands yeah. of years. And when you say that, dragons definitely never appear. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's... Fighting on staircases. There's um, all kinds of the the classic tropes that you would imagine from mm-hmm. from that era. Sailing across the sea. Yeah. Sailing on a sh- on a ship. Yeah. Oh, there's like a, a Super Nintendo trap sequence. Yeah. Um, at one point, yeah. they have to yeah, get through we, the trap dungeon. <laughs> so we have uh, where we had finger mode in Wildcat, where we would become our fingers. In this one, we have small pixelated cutouts of like certain like characters. Or yeah. So once in a while, we'll drop back into video Fair. game mode, yeah. and you're basically <laughs> seeing what the video game is they're playing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, and we actually we were really lucky. We we were brainstorming about oh how will we musically signal the difference of these worlds, and we're like oh well in the in the video game, because of the time period, like you kind of would go with classical music generally. Yeah. Not always, but sometimes you have that. Um, and then when they're playing the game, it would be an eight-bit, like a MIDI kind of version of it. Mm-hmm. And at some point, we we're like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if, like, like we want a happy thing for the opening little piece of like Princess in the Forest, like la 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 la. La la la, about yeah. to be kidnapped. Like, do do do. Imagine if like Good Day Sunshine by the Beatles. Imagine they had that in classical. Yeah, yeah. sure. Google it, find it. Oh, amazing! <laughs> but wouldn't it be crazy if we like cross cut it with with the eight bit mini version? Let's Google it. Oh, they have it. Great. Yeah, so the internet has like, everything you'd ever need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Every have, song has been done in eight bit yeah. mode that you yeah. can possibly yeah. think of. So whenever great. whenever we hop back into the eight bit like blah, blah blah blah, we have this kind of kind of like sorry, what's, how's it called? Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 Previously uh, toured, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know for myself when I've done some of the like one act stuff that I've done for Fringe, I get to the end of that and I'm kind of tired, 
because um, you know it's one thing to do it you know when you're rehearsing another thing in front of an audience how do you guys feel about doing these things back to back with and you said a half hour Half hour yeah. Break in yeah. Between? yeah. Uh, will it be Red Bull? <laughs> 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 I'm a Gatorade. I'm a Gatorade man. That's yeah. what I would I, I, like, I do. I do Red Bull. I do yeah. Red Bull Zero. Because like, my figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, it will be more like. I know I tend to as exhausting as these shows are. I've always felt pretty good after them. Like uh, you feel kind of energized from it. You sort of yeah. siphon all the energy. From yeah, them. you steal yeah. their energy. Yeah, all really their joy. I yeah. often feel after a show that I'm so pumped with <laughs> yeah. energy that yeah. I could like lift a truck. Yeah. So I you do, and yeah. then I do, <laughs> and then everyone is confused. Yeah. Caitlin's yeah. a monster. Most <laughs> of our budget goes to paying for the trucks. I think the adrenaline gets us mm. through, especially when when comedy does require. <laughs> an audience and when the audience is there and yeah. with you and laughing and mm-hmm. having a great time that it's like you know you just feed off that energy yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very uh, it's very energizing for those for those few times when the audience is a little less energetic than you might hope or less into it do you have any tricks that you guys have learned to scream at them? <laughs> <laughs> scream. Love yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> no, I, I think it just it comes with. Um, we found that in in Winnipeg being a thing, like when we first went there, mm-hmm. because it was such an older audience. You just learn that every audience is different. Like yeah. we we finished our first show in Winnipeg, and we're like, did that go badly? Like what happened? It felt like I didn't quite feel. And then we saw people coming out and talked to them after, and they were all so happy and like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. thank you so much for the yeah. show. Yeah. It was wonderful, and we're like. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Didn't necessarily just like they're silent the whole time, and then they give you a standing ovation. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's because they're paying attention so much. Yeah, because they're thinking yeah. it through so much. Whereas, we like, this, go ahead. no, go ahead. We have this. We have this bit about like, like you can't let them. You know, you can't let them laugh. If they laugh, they're not paying attention to the next show. <laughs> 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 laugh. But you know, we came from from Toronto when we went to Winnipeg where we were performing for like people basically between the ages of 20 and 40 yeah. for the most part with obviously exceptions but mm-hmm. and then going to that crowd where people were hooting and hollering and totally yeah. drunk when they came to the show <laughs> and everything was just a bit off the head like off the hook yeah. then we go to Winnipeg and it was like yeah. just a bit of a different crowd and, and I think that when the crowd is it's rare that the crowd isn't at least somewhat with us, mm-hmm. yeah. but occasionally, like we had one show, our second show ever of, of Wildcat in Winnipeg, we had nine, or sorry, in, in Montreal, we had nine people. That's the smallest crowd. It's like a matinee. It was a ma- yeah, it was just one of those like perfect witches brews, but yeah. like they were really great. Mm-hmm. One broom at one point launched off the stage and accidentally landed in someone's lap and then she was a reviewer and gave us a great review. Yeah. <laughs> and they gave away free brew. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it just, it, it's, a, it's, it's good to, to know what plays to, to a small crowd and what plays to a big crowd mm-hmm. as well. Um, I, I also find that, like, I know when we had a, a quieter audience, I have usually said to, like, you have to give more energy, basically. Because mm-hmm. when we have a big audience, you do any, like a little thing, they give you a big laugh, and that that pushes you along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if they're quiet and you just get a chuckle, well, you still have to give all the energy yeah. that you would expect from that laugh. And, and, mm-hmm. and do anyway. I, I think I think that because there's there's all these like like Sean and Caitlin have all these like aside from the big laugh jokes, there's all these like really subtle. 
cool Easter egg jokes in uh, in in the scripts, and uh, um, when you have a, an audience like that, they're more likely to get like the really subtle references that like that something seems to be a piece of exposition, but there's like joke here, joke here, mm. joke here, and it's just like it's uh, but like you can't catch it all if you're in a lap riot, show, right? Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah, that's that's ideal. I think that's what makes them rewatchable too, which is great. Like yeah. secret jokes. People always tell us that they'll catch things the second time right. they missed, which is which is great, which is what you want in a good comedy, I yeah. think. Like mm-hmm. it's uh, it's what I learned from watching The Simpsons, which is like hide jokes in laugh moments. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're laughing at that the first time yeah. and then another joke is made that you'll miss completely. But it's like yeah. playing a video game the second time. You're like finding all those little secret rooms and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This joke to yeah, so um, if anyone's listening, come see our show twice. See <laughs> <laughs> it five times. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the Simpsons thing because that, like that thing about rewatching it and having these hidden jokes, apparently became more dominant in comedy with like on TV anyway with like VHS, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Because now people could very easily rewatch things. Yes, yeah. uh, and you have layers that that you're building for that. Whereas before, you're like just. If the joke isn't laughed at the first time, it's a bad joke. Yeah. Yes. Well, and there's also this weird thing, too, that, like, we, we talk about this all the time, and comedy is such a, a weird thing. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird thing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why do people laugh at what they laugh at? I don't know. But there are some weird rules that you can kind of find as you navigate your way through mm-hmm. this weird world of comedy, and one we keep stumbling on again and again is that, like, joke cascade. So if you make a joke and you build on the joke, mm-hmm. yeah. you can make 25 jokes in a row yeah. and as long as it keeps escalating. Yeah. Yeah. But if you make a joke and then you make a completely different joke immediately afterward, one of those two aren't not going to get a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Even if the audience hears both jokes, like right. if the actor waits yeah. till the left eyes down and delivers the line completely audibly, because like, there will be, we are scripted but we do go off script a little bit yeah. here and there and there are some moments more so than others and it just for example like you know this moment in the show I always get a laugh no matter what mm-hmm. but this one day I did something a little different mm-hmm. and then I got this huge laugh and then I gave my my, my delivery usual. the yeah. usual and got nothing yeah. Yeah. and there's this weird it's a weird rule I, yeah. can't, uh, yeah. I can't think of a better example than that than our last show in yeah. Halifax That's what I was thinking Julian of. just has this moment at the end he's giving this monologue at the end there's this one joke that always always kills it's slave yeah and he I think we, looking at the tape he flipped his poncho once <laughs> right before that joke and got a huge and laugh. people kind of chuckled at it and then the next joke Wow! <laughs> just because of this little I just poncho flip. <laughs> and it's so weird. And so you remove the poncho flip, and then you get the laugh yeah, back. Right. Yeah. It's like, so people are just like, I've already laughed at the joke. I'm sitting on ready. No poncho. Not before. I mean, you can feel like you're laughing through the whole show, and miss and not laugh at half the jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I've had people see it twice in the fringe, and we had a 200 plus kind of crowd there, so big laughs when you get them and it was really funny for them the second time because like oh there's all these jokes I didn't hear because I just couldn't hear them yeah because mm-hmm. there was laughter and yeah. of course in the fringe slot you have to hit your time slot so we're not yeah. stopping for laughs yeah. especially no, in we, Toronto we, they will turn the lights up oh, on you it's crazy oh, yeah <laughs> they're almost <laughs> they'll give you like they'll let you like they'll give you a little leeway as long as you don't go too long yeah mm-hmm. they give you once yeah they give you, you a warning one minute over once yeah 
after that. Oh man. So yeah. So like yeah, as much as we <laughs> try to be sensitive to the laughs and try to come in just yeah. as they're dying down at a certain point, you just gotta get the show done on the fringe, mm-hmm. which is totally fair. I understand yeah. people's schedules they want to keep, yeah. but it just means yeah. that mm-hmm. people are not getting the jokes. Yeah. Well, it always it, it helps us with with pace too because we've always. Our previews tend to run 90. like a 90 minutes, and then we have to crush it down to an hour long, and that really like makes you know what's important in a script, yeah. what's important yeah. in the moments. Some jokes you have to cut that you don't want to, uh, which was great, because now with this run we can add a couple back in, but yeah. most of the stuff we cut Because the show runs cut. at like yeah. a minute or an hour, three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we added three minutes of jokes. <laughs> it's like a bonus. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and you know, we say they're an hour long each and they may end up being that way, but, but even at the fringe we were really pushing the hour. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, uh, years ago I saw uh, James Gangle do his oh, uh, he's great. Yeah. one person yeah. show when I was there, like, I think it was his first performance. It was a full house and every time there was a laugh I'd be like, guys, we don't have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like him. Yeah. Shut up. It's like 60 minutes like, stop. That's actually yeah. a really good yeah. James Gangle impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually doing a show uh, like a con- at the same time as us, us. yeah. Except he's dark. (laughs) He could come on a Wednesday to our show. I looked into it. (laughs) James, are you listening? Comes to your show show on Wednesday. You're not doing a show that night. (laughs) I love doing that commercial about being a dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Even though you'd be a terrible dad. (laughs) 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 That's true. I mean, we were talking about how you guys all went through George Brown, but what took you into theater? What was it that drew you into this thing. Um, well, for me, I always remember enjoying it the first time I did it, which was in like grade eight. We had to do some weird improv thing that was chaos, sheer chaos, and like. But I really liked <laughs> doing it. I was always, pleasure. I was always a bit of a ham, like growing up. Like I liked performing. I would like force my parents for hours on end. I would hide in the closet and like burst out and yell, "It's Guy Smiley," <laughs> and then oh, wow. just do it again and again and again. That's and where they that would, gangster. That's where that started. Yeah. Um, so I always liked it. Um, it's your only job. Uh, <laughs> then it was really uh, in high school. My my drama teacher was uh, Helly Kivalat, uh, and she was the best uh, like bringer of talent. Like like. Uh, she could really work with people. She always knew how to bring things out of people. She worked with me and both of my younger brothers through that school, and I watched her take people that had never been on stage and really just mold them. So she was just great, great at that. She's the best teacher I've ever had in anything, and she uh, would also make you believe that, like, this is something you can actually do if you want to. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so that that was probably what did it for me. Was that in high school? That was in high school, yeah. We had, I, had, I had teachers who were like, you could do this if you wanted. You shouldn't. Yeah. You won't make any money. Yeah, You should go and, like, go to business school. Yeah. I think she realized with me, she was like, I don't think you're going to do anything else. She was like, Connor, you have to do this. You are good at anything else. One shot, Nick Bear. Yeah. See, you can't even do that. Yeah. No. Yeah. When I was growing up, I... I've, I've said this in another interview, actually. When I was growing up, I, uh, the first p- occupation that I wanted was a wizard. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, my question. <laughs> <laughs> we all I, wanted to be wizards. We all wanted to be wizards. I, uh, yeah. I, um, uh, I grew up reading fantasy novels, and I was, I was just like, obviously I wasn't like, oh, I wish I could. But I was like, I was like that, that would be amazing. Um, and then I got into writing be, be, through my love of fantasy. Um, and then I was like, maybe I'll be a writer. And then I fell in love with Shakespeare uh, because of his uh, uh, because of 
the way that he structures plots. Uh, he, he's pretty good. <laughs> he's okay. He's okay. Sorry. Have you yeah. heard of him? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard of him. He does the French he's, tour. He's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a little dust in the Elizabethan era. But yeah, and then so I was into Shakespeare, and then a friend of mine was like, well, you should audition for it. My, my, my high school is doing Twelfth Night. And uh, um, and so I auditioned for Twelfth Night, and I did the Queen Mab speech, and I had like the paper in my hand, and I didn't have it memorized, and I like, and I was like incredibly nervous, and I was like, oh, sometimes she comes in, um, and uh, I botched the audition completely, and uh, but I looked, I, I looked like the actor, like our like our like star actor of the school, um, enough. That she was cast as Viola in Twelfth Night, yeah. so I got cast as Sebastian because I look like her. Um, uh, they're twins for anyone who's not familiar. With her. Oh. Um, and uh, and so I like, like fell into lady. theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's she's very she's very beautiful. Uh, <laughs> she's got a great beard. Yeah, <laughs> a wonderful she's beard. A North yeah. woman. She's got yeah. very hairy arms. <laughs> um, uh, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, and that's like how I like, uh, I, and then I like sort of got the bug, and uh, and I was like, hey, this is close to being a wizard, yeah. <laughs> and like uh, ironically enough, now it's uh, it, like it's this is probably the closest theater thing to being a wizard uh, is is being, being part of Sex T Rex. So cool, pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 I. Uh, my dad is a puppeteer and is artistic director of a theater company. And you used to be made of wood. And I was <laughs> carved out of wood, and then I became a real boy. Um, but yeah, so I kind of grew up with it and just assumed that that's what people did with their lives. Um, and then I, right away, just my whole life was like, well, obviously I'm going to do this because why would you do anything else? Slash, there is nothing else. <clears throat> And, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically it. I, I went to, um, I took, you know, all the things that I thought I needed to take, like acting classes and dance classes and improv classes and all the things I, I thought I needed to take. And then I, I graduated high school and I went into George Brown and then my soul was crushed horribly. <laughs> and I thought, this isn't theater. Like, I grew up with this magical theater thing. And theater should be fun and playful and beautiful and a wonderful experience. And what the hell is this? It's okay, you can swear it's a podcast. Yeah. What the hell is this? Oh, boy. Sorry, sorry guys. I didn't mean know, to just man. beat you, you all up. you say the word hell, hell, it shows up. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, and, 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 then, and then after that, like, I, I just was miserable and hated theater and hated everything and then was friends with these guys and found comedy never in my life thought I could do comedy because mm. you know I'm a girl um, <laughs> no but seriously growing up like mm. you just don't see it I didn't yeah. see it I never saw it it just didn't occur to me I never thought I could be funny definitely was never cast in any funny roles and then started to do comedy and it's just like oh <laughs> oh no right theater can be fun theater can be magical theater isn't soul crushing yeah. mm -hmm. it is what you make it and um, well it's, yeah it's good because I mean in that theater world it's so hard to get into the roles you would want to do you had to be a part of your own company for you to get to play a badass cowboy yeah I've always that. wanted to play it like violent characters <laughs> I, I, I love action movies and I've always loved action movies I've just never seen myself in action yeah. movies and now I have but yeah. not my actually myself but like yeah. I've seen 
women in action movies yeah. just kill it, like Mad Max or whatever. Yeah. Um, but growing up, I didn't. When I was playing Star Wars, I always had to be Leia because there was just literally no other option. Yeah. Playing get, Lord of the Rings, yeah. I mean, Eowyn can fight with a sword, but that's it. Otherwise, yeah. you've got. Arwen, boo, yes. and uh, so you've Tyler, got Galadriel, eh, and then you've got Shelob, yeah. and that's yeah. it. Yeah. And so it's just like you—I never had an opportunity to play these cool roles, and then suddenly it was like, yeah, we did a lot of stage combat in theater schools, yeah, yeah, and and as you may know, and that just was my favorite class. Mm. That and I guess dance, but and and then yeah, doing doing all this stuff just. Now I can write my own superheroes, right? So yeah. okay, I the first show we did Callahan, I played the wife, and I was like, never again. Okay, let's. Uh, <laughs> when Danny and when we pared down the cast and Danny wasn't in it anymore, I took over a lot of your roles, so I right. got to play a lot of goons and like yeah. fighting roles, yeah. and I was like, yes, this. So then the next show we did, I got to play a killer robot, and the next show <laughs> we did, I was like an ass whooping cowgirl, and then. A delicate princess. <laughs> Definitely, there's no plot twists with her no, no. in swordplay. She's just dainty. She's a dainty yeah. flower who needs rescuing constantly and isn't evil at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, and uh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just yeah, and that's kind of been my journey so far. Just like make it yourself because mm. it is changing. The, yeah. the really honestly, in the last like five years, yeah. Yeah. in my adult life. It's changed. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Otherwise, you had like Ripley and Alien. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. One. And Sarah Connor. Sarah right? Connor. Sarah Dude, Connor was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. She and have those two. Was, yeah. What do you want? <laughs> and like, I guess Metroid, but it's like basically a dude, and then it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, surprise! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That robot has me. Oh look, she's a babe. Yeah. You only find out that she is a woman when she dies. That's the only time. I know. When yeah. You beat the game or she dies. Right. <laughs> Um, I I started out somewhat similar um, in that I just kind of as a kid I just sort of assumed that's what you did mm. as you went into the arts and, and kept playing because you went to Canterbury I did <laughs> Canterbury um, I went to an arts high school uh, mm. so I did theater there um, and I did improv as well actually the Canadian improv game and mm. stuff um, and I think yeah I was like 16 I was like yeah I directed my first play at a little tiny festival there uh, like in the school I was like, right, this is what I'd like to do. Because as, uh, as an actor, I would get frustrated doing plays that I didn't like and having directors that I didn't respect. So I was like, well, I don't want to do this. Like, I want to be a director that other people don't respect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we keep leaving him out of our program. That's another story. <laughs> and so, yeah, actually, you know what? The, the real, the real like, instigator was I was going to go into physics mm. was my high school plan. Um, and uh-huh. right, uh, actually, please still do that. <laughs> Support us all. Yeah, right. Um, and I'm, I had I had an assignment for like a math class or something. Uh, I do the same day as an assignment for a playwriting class, and I didn't have time to do both because I had procrastinated. And uh, I was like, okay, which do I? Which should I do? I was like, ah, Hendon Hunt. And I was like, well, which do I want to do? I was like, oh, I want to write the play, obviously. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I kind of went from there. Um, I did theater school for a little bit in Victoria uh, for two years, and it, it was, I was there for a directing program, but I found it it was pretty light compared to even what I had done in high school. And and when some, one of the professors was like, get out, I was like, okay, yeah. cool. And then I went to York for film school, mm-hmm. and I, I graduated 
from there, um, doing kind of everything, but really focused on writing and directing kind of stuff. Um, and then I came out and um, <laughs> of film school. That's <laughs> <laughs> like very I was much like, uh, not. Oh, I'm very positive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't in nice. film school, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Connor's gag is jumping out of the closet. <laughs> you can't have that gag, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, even Connor's there. Um, no, anyway. Uh, um, my, my ambiguous sexuality aside, um, <laughs> I, I left, I finished film school, um, and film was great, but it's really, like, uh, it's just a really challenging medium. Mm. Um and, and it involves a lot of, usually, uh, a lot of money and a lot of preparation. And I am poor and ill-prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so the theater, theater for me has always been really fun. And my strength in the film has always been working with actors and stuff and, and creating with people together and collaborating. And, and film, I, I still do it and it's still fun. But it's, it's, you kind of do big behemoth projects every couple yeah. of years. They're just sort of massive enterprises. And with film, uh, with theater, it's still a lot of work, but it's way more play. It's way more just like, oh, you're doing that stupid thing with your hand. Let's keep doing that stupid thing. <laughs> so just the, the sense of play and fun. And you learned that from Stratford. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which, which I founded. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Room for horses, all down. <laughs> um, and uh, and and starting with theater, I've, I uh, there's a big indie theater movementy thing of just kind of do it yourself. Um, which has I've, has inspired me, and I've been a part of as well. Um, Camry upstairs. <laughs> yeah, um, you know neighbors. Yeah, neighbors. <laughs> yeah, and so and I, I yeah, I've done I've done film work actually with some of these guys as well. We did mm-hmm. a feature film a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. It was very silly about a play, of course. Um, <laughs> called play. Called play. The, play the film actually. Yeah, really film. dumb. Uh, <laughs> very very dumb. But but then even even because I, I do my own theater work as well. Um, and it also has a very similar sense of trying to get sort of filmic genre stuff on stage, mm-hmm. just because I feel like that's a language that everybody speaks. We're all so familiar with television and film that why not just use that language and then make it inherently yeah. theatrical in some way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys all do the D&D as well? Um, wait, wait, do you mean the D&D show or just play D&D, D&D, D&D in general? Well, um, both. Yeah, because both. Like, both. <laughs> yeah. Um, not Danny. I don't but uh, not that he will never. But no, yeah, he could that. sometimes. No, no, no. <laughs> Danny started doing more. I mean, you're getting more into improv. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure you've trained and done some stuff in it. Yeah, but. I, I think. Well, I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing a bad dog show yeah. in April. Yeah, also Woo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do. Sean and I produce the D and D show, mm-hmm. um, and Connor's in it, and Alec is in it as well, um, and yes, it's a barrel of fun. We've also. It's not just sex T Rex. Although we were producing it, it's we brought in some like incredible comedians, nerds, and yeah. nerds. Well, I mean, the, the, the requisite was comedian slash nerds, so everybody yeah. in the cast yeah. fits both of those bills. That's sort of necessary to do the to do D and D. Yeah, and I, I say nerd with like a big open loving heart. Absolutely. I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah. you yes. know, I grew up being called a nerd my yeah. whole life, and I've yeah. we've found a way to switch it into a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> it sort of sounds like a lot of what you guys have done is inspired by some nerding nerd culture mm-hmm. oh, because yeah. of who we were yeah. as children yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. we're just expressing our trauma through comedy comedy no we actually still play um julian who's not here and is a core uh, company member and sean who's not here sean's our dungeon master julian sean and i have been playing Dungeons and Dragons together now for nine years. Mm. 
um, since theater school. Yeah, you guys were the first, like, the first time that I ever played Dungeons & Dragons, it was with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 Were, you guys, were you guys playing during theater school? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, that's kind of what got me through. Um, uh, like, it was sort of this, that and Guitar Hero, because it was cool at the time, and yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. just immersed <laughs> myself in the fun of Guitar Hero at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, D&D, uh, Julian, Sean, Joe, who's a core company member but is in Ottawa right now, and I played a two-and-a-half-year campaign, kind of, mm. that got us all sort of through that mm. crazy time. And, you know, there's pictures of it on my wall yeah. still, characters yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, and we've continued to play different campaigns. Mm-hmm. And actually, often, they end up being inspiration in some way or another for other shows. Mm-hmm. Or just straight up D&D Live, which yeah. is kind of the most obvious, um, uh, you know, offspring of that. But, uh, yeah, it's yeah, a lot of, lot of Dungeons & Dragons, a lot of tabletop mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And it's, yeah. uh, I think the D&D show works right now. It's I think it's working really well. We've done three of this latest campaign, uh, because it's not like, somebody asked me, like, uh, you know, like, uh, oh, you're doing a D&G show, like, what, what edition do you guys play? I'm like, oh, well, it's not, <laughs> like, they, we all know the D&D style, but we're just, like, the show is a little more loose in that approach, so it's uh, accessible, like, you need to be a bit of a nerd to, to watch it, but it's not, you don't have to be a diehard Dungeons & Dragons fan. Right. But it is accessible show. to everyone, yeah. also because it's set in the realm of Toronto, um, and so... If you know anything about Toronto, mm. which most people who live here do, um, <laughs> it, it really, it, it, you can get just as much enjoyment out of hearing yeah. puns on a lot of things that you're familiar with, yeah. um, like the Troll Toll Commission, which is the TTC, um, for obvious mm. reasons. Yeah. And there's there's lots of kind of, you know, there's lich hipsters that, you know, live in Parkdale, and all the Dales are Elven Homelands, Cabbage Towns, where the Hobbits are from. Um, yeah. the, valley of, the Valley of the Dawn is where dragons come from, mm-hmm. and there is a nearby orphanage called Degrassi, where um, yeah. lots of local, like, monster orphan children, mm. you know, who've been destroyed by dragons, parents have been destroyed by dragons live. And it's also the home of this evil fire, not evil, but massive fire-spitting drake that's been... Um, Kind of consuming the the city for a long time. There's all kinds of jokes we make, and it's it's all Dungeons and Dragons related. There's the gelatinous club is a wandering monster, and there's all kinds of things that. My favorite is still forthright Eds. Forthright Eds. (laughs) (laughs) Forthright Eds is a location. Oh, and so when the uh, when the PCs or paying customers come in, they're given a map of Mm. the realm of Toronto with locations and wandering monsters on it, and so. The beginning, we choose where in the realm of Toronto that the adventure is going to take place. How often does uh, D&D Live happen? Monthly. Monthly? Just the last Monday of every month. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, people can just sort of show up and they could... Is there a recap or do they even really... Uh, not yet. Like, we, we, we are probably going to get into territory where that might be helpful yeah. at some point. But right now, we're making sure that it's episodic. Mm. So you can just come in and watch an episode and we'll probably and just We'll probably just play... The first few minutes of a Battlestar Galactica episode. Yeah, but it's yeah. We 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 still honor what happened in the last session. So if you know, like our character lost her beard, and and the next episode she didn't have a beard. We still honor what happened, and but but it is 
at this point by no means necessary to have seen anything we've done yeah. before to come in and appreciate it. Why doesn't she have a beard? Also, you get a discount on the ticket price if you show up in costume. Oh. So we've had a number of like cosplayers come up and show up to our show just either because they're interested in D&D or because they want an excuse to dress up. And it's been really fun to see that kind of thing starting yeah, to happen. And another project we're working on related to the show is The Wandering Monster. We're working on our own um, uh, monster manual. Okay. So cool. we're working, reaching out to local artists, and we've almost got all of The Wandering Monsters drawn at this point, and we're going to compile a Wandering Monster nice. manual for the nice. D&D yeah. Live campaign. Nice. Do you find there are good crowds for, for D&D Live? Yeah, generally speaking. Um, a lot of nerds in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Toronto is a great city for nerds. Yeah. Toronto's and they... City, city of nerds. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> like I don't know why they're not promoting it. Yeah. 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 Getting regular people to come out to shows can be can be tough, but like, but like if people with like passion like that, then a lot of these... I, mean, I want to find another word than nerds right now. No, I give no, like, these nerds have a lot of passion, lot of <laughs> but but they do. They're just passionate about the things it. they like, and they will go to things like they'll go to Comic Con multiple yeah. days in a yeah, row, yeah. They, line they up for have, hours to get autographs yeah. from people. Like they, if they care about something, they're going to support it. Yeah. They also have lots of by, lunch by they, money you that mean, we can beat them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, like, territory. I, uh, I'm I'm like I, I call myself the daywalker a lot of the time because I'm kind of half nerd, half jock. I, I grew up. I grew up more, more playing sports and uh, and watching it, and then, and then you became friends. Became with us. friends with you guys. Join us. The Daywalker does push you a little. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact but, that he, fact my, he does Dungeons and Dragons live. Yeah. The fact yeah. that he, yeah, yeah. No, we've, like, we've he's been like Jose Nerdista. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, so. Uh, just as we're as we're wrapping up, uh, the Wildcat and Swords of Swords, Swords Play, You know the lyrics um, to the opening song. Really <laughs> song. It just it just came to me. Yeah. Uh, so it opens uh, on the eleventh. Yeah, we have a preview on the tenth. Mm-hmm. It opens on the eleventh. It mm-hmm. runs till the twenty seventh. Nice. We're dark Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Otherwise, every night um, we have two matinees on cool. the Sundays, mm-hmm. uh, and. Yeah. yeah, so the Wildcat at 7.30, sword play at 9 every There's night. There's a half-hour intermission um, where people can go get right sauced. Um, <laughs> and we have or, a deal where if you bring your own sword or gun, you get arrested. So in terms of where people can find you online, uh, website... Uh, oh yes, sextrexcomedy.com. and that's very important yeah. because if you Comedy Google Sex T Rex, you find all kinds of fun things you can't unsee. <laughs> when there's not any spacing in it, it's sex tricks. So yeah, like that's why I could find it because I actually put the spaces in. I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole other yeah. whole other. Yeah. I really search. have to stop producing my artwork. <laughs> <laughs> On Twitter, Are you guys on Twitter? Yeah, we're yeah. on Twitter at Sex T Rex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we, I mean, we're also like we're always doing stuff at Bad Dog Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're an artist in residence there, so uh, we're doing yeah, that. We have and two monthly shows there. We do kind of a who knows something different every month monthly show, <laughs> and that is on a Thursday, any given Thursday mm-hmm. of, of the month, depending sure. on Bad Dog's schedule. And right. the other one is D and D Live the last month, nice. last Monday of, of, of every month. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for, for talking to me today. Yeah, thank thanks, Rich. Thank